Marvel Studios, September 16th, 1984. Do you think we made it to the right date? Well, the announcer guy said we did. Uh, well, as long as we're here before Herman. I think we are. Hey, do you want to review an episode of Prime while we wait for him? Sure. Autobots transform. <laughs> Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode 25 of season two of Transformers Prime. It is Regeneration. Before I tell you that this episode was directed by Todd Waterman and written by Marsha Griffin, I want to say Happy New Year because where you are listening, like we're in 1984, but I'm pretty sure it's the... It's 2021 when people are listening to this. So, Happy New Year. You got through the shittiest year on record. Yeah. Anyway, this episode was directed by Todd Waterman. It was written by Marsha Griffin. And the last time on Transformers Prime, Megatron had Starscream connected to the cortical psychic patch so that Dwayne Capizzi could give us another goddamn clip show. (laughs) And now we're back at the base with the Autobots and the kids are back. We haven't seen them in a while. And they're all talking about going to Cybertron. And Miko can't wait to go to Cybertron. She'll be the first exchange student there. And she's like... You, you are taking me with you, right? <laughs> right, Bulkhead? Right, right? <laughs> and he's like, and before he can answer, uh, they get a call, another call on their computertron, and they're like, is it Starscream again? And like, no, it's Dreadwing. Mm, and he wants to meet. And we have our opening break. And when we come back, the Autobots minus Ratchet bridge into Dreadwing's location. Yeah, some kind of a misty, foggy place, and they transform and get the guns out. And Dreadwing just walks out of the mist, and he's like, look, I'm not here to fight. I'm here to give you this. And he just drops the Forge of Solus Prime on the ground in front of him. Yeah, he says, hey, use it wisely. Uh, and then says, Megatron has all four keys, by the way. Yeah, and then Optimus is like, all right, why? Like, what, what's going on? And he tells them that the Decepticons are now acting disgraceful. So I, I, I know I've shit on this a lot where it was like his, his actions didn't make sense. This actually does a pretty good job of it where he says, they're acting disgraceful. I can no longer associate myself with them. I'm done with the Decepticons. Yeah, so again, Optimus gets out the job application, starts filling it out for him, but Dreadwing's like, no, 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 betraying my own kind isn't the same as accepting yours. And he just walks away and then transforms and flies off. That's pretty solid. So back at Optimus HQ, Ratchet suggests uh, they should make four new Omega keys. And Optimus is like, look, I can do a lot with the Forge of Solus Prime, but that's a level of skill I don't have. Yeah, at least he's like humble enough to admit that. And RC hopes Megatron doesn't destroy the keys. Like if he doesn't figure out what they are, he'll just get rid of them. But Optimus is like, no, he'll use them for what they were intended for. Yeah, which is what Optimus says makes total sense to Megatron's personality. But what Optimus assumes he's going to do is restart Cybertron, brand himself as the hero of the planet, and then make all the Autobots criminals. He also points out that Megatron has the keys, but he has no idea where the lock is. And somehow that confuses RC. And it's like, okay, I don't follow. It's like, and Ratchet's like, well, there's no more interested code. The lock could be anywhere on Earth. And Optimus is like, no, the lock is on Cybertron. Because Alpha Trion told me that the last time I talked to him through the sword, but uh, he told me not to tell anybody. Which we watched that entire interaction when he talked yes. to Alpha Trion, and George Takai, Takei, sorry, never said anything about that. That's, that is like serious short-term retconning. <laughs> yes. So uh, he lugs the hammer over to the ground bridge. He's like, I have to start working. And meanwhile in space, Dreadwing is back on the ship and walking down the hall. Megatron has uh, comes up behind him. He's like, Dreadwing. And they have a little chat about how it might be hard for him with Starscream back. But 
now is the Decepticons need to be united. Mm, so Dreadwing says, you know what? I will go uh, reach out to Starscream personally. Yeah. How about that? I was just about to go welcome him back. With a and, punch in the gut. Yeah, but now in sick bay, knockout wakes Starscream up. He's like, wakey, wakey. Eggs and and uh, he's... He's uh, reinstalled his T-Cog. So everything so looks like it's going to be great when Dreadwing walks in and draws his weapon. He's like, die, motherfucker! Yeah. And we have a commercial break. And Knockout just runs for it. Yeah, and Dreadwing puts, drops the gun, gets the sword out, and Starscream picks up some kind of little piss-hit surgical tool he's going to try and fight him with. And he's like, he's like, we're the same team, don't hit me! And Dreadwing's like, same fucking team? I know what you did to Skysquake. I know you killed him. He's like, yeah, let him die! He died like a hero. He's like, and you brought him back and made him a zombie, so fuck you. And Shire Scream's like, oh, you know about that <laughs> yeah. shit. And Dreadwing's about to cut him in half, but then Megatron walks in. He's like, Dreadwing, that's enough. Stand down. And Dreadwing explains his case, but Megatron's like, stand down. That's an order. I think Megatron made a mistake here. I really do. But... When Dreadwing refuses to stand down, Megatron shoots him through the fucking chest. Yeah, with his own gun. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was thinking Megatron's arm doesn't have the gun on it anymore. So what do you shoot him with? But yeah, if you, if you go back and look at it, oh, it's Dreadwing's gun. That's this salt in the wound. Uh, the gaping hole that is a wound in his chest. But back at the Autobots at Optimus HQ, they're... They're all kind of worried that he's different since he talked to Alpha Trion, and admittedly he is. He's keeping stuff from them. Yeah, Bulkhead asks why Optimus couldn't tell them about the Omega Lock, and Smokescreen says, well, probably so Megatron wouldn't be able to pull that out of my head with the cortical psychic patch, right? Like, need to know kind of thing. Yeah, but none of them knew. Like, Optimus had no idea that Smokescreen was going to be captured or have the cortical psychic patch. It's yeah. just... There is a lot of just convenient plot points in this episode. Either way, um, we go back to the Nemesis and Starscream um, and Knockout are in some lab and trying to decipher the keys. And Starscream's like, did you fucking finish yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And Knockout's like, hey, I'm the only one doing work, dipshit. Yeah. And Starscream's like, well, I brought the keys in. I did all my work. And th they start arguing and they start fighting over a key, pulling it back and forth. And. Uh, Starscream just grabs it from him and starts beating the table with it and Bulkhead, or Bulkhead, Knockout's like, yeah, because I never would have thought of that. And then they start <laughs> arguing some more. Well, they end up start swinging the keys at each other. And when they swing two of them, they kind of interlock with each other. Yeah. And Knockout's like, hey, do you think? Well, maybe. And then they swing the other two and all four keys interlock and display this hologram map of Cybertron with basically an X marking a spot. Pretty much this big red thing in the one side of it and uh they show it to megatron and he's just now realizing that the keys are useless unless they unlock something well it's a fucking key what do you expect? yeah but he tells them all right get that space bridge ready so back to optimus hq um in a little bit of exposition we find out that optimus used the forge to convert the ground bridge to space bridge it doesn't solve the problem of the energy input which has been stated a number of times that space bridges require a shit ton of energy on yes. but let's just hurry over that yeah um and the autobots arm themselves with all the relics they have yeah they're just going down the hallway they pick up all the little trinkets and goodies and but I was thinking, okay, they're going to do something stupid with Arachnid here. Like, I forget to lock too, the yeah. thing up. But no, they didn't. They get ready to go through the space bridge. And then on the deck of the Nemesis, up in Earth orbit or beyond that, uh, Megatron flies off. He leaves Starscream in command. 
And then he flies off to the space bridge with like a bunch of vehicles. Mm-hmm. And the Autobots are about to go through their own bridge when they hear Optimus smashing away at something off camera. And then he walks in and it turns out he repaired the Star Saver. And commercial. Bra- oh, wait, whoa, whoa, there, there's Herman. There's Herman. He's smoking inside an office building. Well, it's it's the 80s. He's also doing cocaine. Well, it's it's the 80s. Hey, Herman. Hey, what are you two fucks doing here? We time traveled from the future, although we originally ended up in 19,840, so technically we came here from the past of the future to convince you to not make this bet with Steve. It ruins the show with endless commercials for fictitious products and services that lead to at least one divorce in Kankakee County, so what do you say, Herman? Will you do the right thing? Shit. Well, at least we tried. Yeah. Anyway, Megatron and a horde of Viacons arrive on Cybertron, uh, and they now possess all four keys. And apparently John Williams and the London Philharmonic Orchestra are here because, yeah. man, did the music ever get intense. It, this, the, I got to admit, they the, the third act of this episode is really solid. Um, so... While things are getting intense, uh, suddenly Jack calls in a ratchet and he's like, where's my ride home from school? Because I can't walk. Yeah, exactly. Or there's no school bus and it's school's been out for an hour. No one came to get us. Ratchet's like, well, we're busy and arrange other transportation. And then Miko's like, oh, why doesn't Ratchet come get us? It's not like he has anything else to do. And Ratchet just hangs up on them. (laughs) <laughs> and the yeah, kids are like, just hey. get home. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, they're leaving us in the dark. So back on Cybertron, uh, Smokescreen um, phases out of the ground. He comes up out of the ground behind all these vehicles and just starts shooting at them, runs past them and into a wall. Yep. And then that's when I guess the Decepticons realize, oh, wait a minute, we're not alone here. And uh, impossible as that must be. And then Bumblebee uses, I had to look this up because I forgot what the thing was, the polarity gauntlet. And... He drops what looks like a destroyed spaceship on them. And then Bulkhead is up on a ledge above and he uses the immobilizer. Like they're pulling everything back. Yeah, that thing they got from Arachnid. Yeah. Yeah. He freezes like a wave of vehicles in place. And then RC jumps down as she activates the Apex armor. And now she's somehow as tall as Bulkhead and Bumblebee. Like, well, it's she it's like a mech suit, right? She's she's to the same size. Oh, I suppose. Um, And, and I got to say, she's a fucking bruiser in that suit. Oh, she kicks man. so much ass. They all kick a <laughs> lot of ass they just open uh, their attack on the decepticons but she kicks a lot of ass oh the vehicons are just dropping like flies she's just letting them have it the old-fashioned way but then uh, megatron draws the dark star saber or whatever he called it and he's brought that with him and uh, he joins the attack and as he does optimus comes in he just kind of runs into frame and joins the uh, fight against the vehicons and bulkhead they just this is this is a really long and good and intense fight bulkhead is freezing vehicons bumblebee's using his relic uh then he uses his relic to like yoink the keys out of the hands of the vehicle <laughs> i've written down yoink y-o-i-n-k there you go basically every autobot minus optimus gets one of the keys mm, and megatron sees this and optimus like, uses the distraction to knock megatron away because they're into it now sword fighting and then he uses Optimus uses the Star Saber's beam attack kind of thing, like Legend of Zelda beam attack, and sends Megatron flying yeah. over a wall. Yeah. So the Autobots then they book it. Keys in possession. And mm. uh Smokescreen then uh just when Megatron's like, get them, Smokescreen phases back in and sets off the spark extractor 
drops it and takes off. Because Megatron's yelling at the Viacons, like, get those keys or I'll have your sparks. And Smokescreen says, I can help you with that last part. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's a clever line. So I wish they had have gotten more into the lore of the spark extractor. Like, are those Viacon sparks gone? Yeah. Or are they trapped in the spark? Like, if you release them from the extractor, would those Viacons come back to life? Who knows? It really doesn't matter because uh, Megatron throws his dark star saber at it and destroys it. So those Viacons are dead. He radios back to the ship and uh, tells Starscream, send reinforcements. And it shows Starscream standing there with Soundwave. And he's like, oh, actually, Soundwave has, yeah, no, I have been catching up on recent events. And we have a better idea. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, they're going to betray Megatron. That's what I thought, too. And I was like, wait, Soundwave joined his side? But it's yeah. actually worse than that. Um, we go back to Cybertron and the Autobots uh, arrive at the coordinates of the Omega Lock. And it's just this metal thing in the middle of the Sea of Rust. And there's a little auto symbol on one side of it underneath some dust and, and smokescreen thinks optimus you know should have this tremendous honor of activating this thing and he goes to hand optimus the key that he's holding but then their keys all start glowing yeah and the ground like a almost i don't know like a big puzzle starts yeah. to unlock around them and these four towers at the cardinal points all start to pop up out of the ground and they i mean they transform and they a bunch of stuff opens up and they create this it really looks like a Stargate portal above them. Yeah, pretty much. Water and everything. And then Megatron just flies in and transforms and the Autobots get all their gizmos out again. But he's like, I think you should stand down and hand over those keys. And they're like, uh, no, why would we? And <laughs> yeah. then a space bridge opens up where I guess it was a ground bridge because they they would have come through. It doesn't matter. What happens is that Knockout, Soundwave, and Starscream arrive, each carrying a little like bell jar with one of the kids in it. And Optimus sees this, and then he asks, what if we refuse? Like, whoa! Which is <laughs> what you should do. Of... You should not let Megatron gain control of Cybertron just so that these three kids can live, which I guarantee if he gained control of Cybertron, he would kill them afterwards. But anyway. Yeah, Megatron says, well, if you refuse, then we take the lids off and we'll all get to see what happens when they have to breathe Cybertron's noxious atmosphere. The Omega Keys are for the Omega Lock, and everyone is surprised by that revelation. A key that's used to open a lock. I know, right? Who'd have ever guessed? And they're even more surprised when Optimus tells them that the lock is not on Earth, but on Cybertron. Well, of course it's on Cybertron, you boneheads! You don't lock something up and then take the key and the lock. You leave the fucking lock on the thing you locked up. Otherwise, it doesn't really work. Honey... Why did you bring the door to the house into the restaurant? Because I locked it, Sheila. If someone finds a spare key under the mat, they still won't be able to open the door because I have the door right here. That doesn't make sense. Sheila, if there's no door there to unlock, they can't unlock the door. That's not how that works. That's the thing about science, Sheila. It's still true whether or not you understand it. Bill, keep your voice down. People are starting to stare. What? You people never saw a guy lock his friggin' house before? I'll be right back. Where are you going? I'm going to get the doors off the car. This is a high crime neighborhood and I don't want some lowlife to break into it and steal the door to the garage where I keep my tools while I'm trying to have dinner. If the waiter comes back, tell him I'll have the T-bone, medium well, and I want another beer. Uh, tell him I'll have fries with <laughs>
Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. The next episode Paul and I are going to review is the final episode of Season 2. It is Darkest Hour. If you want to see something that's just dank, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at John Sobey. Paul is at P. McPherson 1. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us on your podcast app, whatever it is you're listening to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, keep on transforming. See you later. Just get home.